When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Woo! As an adult, don't we all miss spring break? Nothing like taking a week off from all your responsibilities. Well, here's the next best thing for adults, a spring break from house payments. SaveWithConrad.com can help you get rid of all your credit card debt just like that. We're routinely helping our listeners save five, six, seven, even 800 bucks a month. And you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this, but check this out. No house payments for two months at SaveWithConrad.com. All right, here we are, Airheads. It's time once again for another rendition of Putting On Airs back in the virtual Airstream studios. I'm Che, and that's Corey. How you doing, Corey? I'm doing good, buddy. How are you? I'm all right. Hanging we had a there. large weekend. I wanted to say, first off, thanks uh, for to everyone who came out to the shows in Asheville and Knoxville this weekend. Um, when I feel as empty as I do today on a Thursday, I know that it was a great weekend and we left it all on the field and it was cool meeting everybody we met. We, you know, we haven't really toured a lot together really since this show. And so it's cool being somewhere and having people come up to us and saying that they found out about us through putting on airs. That's a, that's a new experience. It's usually, you know, in our experience, it was like, Oh yeah, people liked us. And then they came to putting on airs, but that's really cool. So we really appreciate y'all spreading the word. Yeah, that does hit. That is nifty. You meet somebody, they say they're, you know, an airhead or whatever, and then find out that that was the first thing that they found from us. It's always fun. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, so this episode's gonna be a little bit different uh for me listen i've been telling y'all for weeks and i'm not saying that i'll never revisit the venn diagram i'm sure i will as I, as inspiration strikes but i've been warning y'all for a long time like i'm fixing to run out of this shit and you may have noticed in recent weeks i've been on and off with it i've been venturing into other topics well that's so this week it's a similar thing i'm just gonna talk about uh basically the craziest um I'm not going to say they're the craziest, but some of the craziest bosses or CEOs that I could find. Um, no Venn diagram, no overlap. I've just been watching Secession, you know, and uh, <laughs> fantastic show. And it made me want to look up like, you know, and also like Silicon Valley. I just watched The Social Network again, rewatched it. Uh, you've seen that movie, right? The Social Network? Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure, movie. dude. That was Sorkin, so, right? Yeah, well, he wrote it. It was directed it. by David Fincher, Fincher who also yeah. super hits. A good combo. And an incredible combo. And, uh, yeah, I rewatched it on a plane. And that movie is why I, I didn't intend to talk about that movie. That's fine. Let's do that it. Is, that is one of the reasons that I uh, started looking into CEOs was because I watched that movie. It's all about Mark, Z Mark Zuckerberg and everything. That movie, and I remember thinking this when I first watched it, like – Aaron Sorkin and David Fincher, I guess both combined, especially, are truly something else. Because there's no reason that that movie, being what it's about, should be so insanely like compelling and I agree uh, 
enrapturing the whole time. Like that movie sucks you in from the very first moment and just like holds your attention. Like you're completely engaged the whole time. And it's a legal dispute between, you know, like uh, rich, a bunch of pieces of shit, a bunch of pieces (laughs) of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Harvard types over a social media company. You know what I mean? Like it, it shouldn't, but but it feels like a high stakes fucking thrill. I mean, the stakes were pretty high in terms of money, but you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, for people uh, that we shouldn't care about. Movie. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I agree with you. Like when the movie first came out, when I just first saw like the, there's a movie about the Facebook, you know, legal drama. I didn't give a shit even right. a little bit. I Like I didn't even read anything about it to try to go, well, maybe that I was like, I don't care. Yeah. I understand why they're going to put it out. It's it, Facebook is a very popular topic, whatever. I'll be honest, finding out Jesse Eisenberg was in, I was like, okay, I'm a little more on board because he's a great actor. But at the same time, I don't think I care. And I, cause I didn't know at first that it was written by Sorkin. And then mm. when I found that out, I was like, well, okay. I, um, uh, I sure do like quippy dialogue, so I could. We should you know. talk. Yeah, we should maybe talk about Aaron Sorkin on this show. I mean, Please, I guess we can talk a little bit about him right now because I mean, he definitely seems to fit. Aaron Sorkin is like a like I fucking love Aaron Sorkin. Me I'm too. A massive Aaron Sorkin fan, while also acknowledging uh-huh. that he's one of the most raven people on planet Earth, <laughs> yeah. which we haven't talked about. We haven't really talked about the, ravenry on this the etymology show, guess, of ravenry. Talked about it tons on Well Read and stuff. It's a long-standing thing with us, but it basically just—I don't know. How would you describe um, uh, someone who's raving or something? It's just super. It's very typical, right? Or yeah, very, I mean, uh, on the I nose, think, very on I, the nose for either the person or the situation. Yeah, I mean, and, I think to me, it's just like I mean, it obviously came, came from, from that. that so right. And yeah. yeah, and and I never watched that show, but I assumed that that was like sort of a catchphrase for whenever Raven was would do something Raven-y. was yeah. was doing something very Raven. Yeah, right. And so yeah, we just started like. Uh, and by the way, if you're out there, I don't know what's going on with my camera. It's flickering, but I certainly can't fix it, so I apologize. But yeah, so we would like you know uh, just within the group. Let's say uh, for instance, if I was to wake up to a string of text and say to the group, hey, guys, I'm sorry I haven't responded. I got drunk last night and fell asleep eating a double cheeseburger. The mm-hmm. response would be, my God, that's so, that's raven, so raven. Because yeah. that is tip that is behavior typically ascribed to yeah. me. Yeah. Right. Well, so in terms of Aaron Sorkin, it just means he's like an extremely pretentious, up his own butt, artiste yeah. ass motherfucker, basically. Like the stereotype but, of it. Yeah, right. Like, uh, but again, he like, I at the end of the day, I don't even care because he hits so hard for me because he really is like that. You know, it's it's weird to it's weird to uh, channel Kid Rock while discussing Aaron Sorkin, <laughs> but in the words of Kid Rock, uh, it ain't bragging, motherfucker, if you back it up, right? Yep. And so he's uh he's real real good. Um, but like, you know, a lot of his stuff, like for example, uh, the newsroom, right? Yeah. Like that show got roasted by a lot of people and it's still like it because it it was just people people being like okay sorkin is about to jump the shark with this yeah. one like this is a bit too much right and i still really loved that show while also thinking that all those people were you know pretty right or pretty well I mean, founded he made that netflix movie about the 
The trial of Chicago six or eight, seven, set whatever it is, whatever city plus number. There's a ton of those. (laughs) That ending scene, brother. (laughs) I know that's what I was about to say. That's what I was about to say. And that's a good movie. I enjoyed it. It's It's got a good cast, everything. But the last scene of that movie is unbelievable. The most, like, just again, the most raven shit of all yeah. time. Like for Aaron Sorkin, uh, I think a but, critique of Aaron Sorkin I would give is that he often writes the way he wants it to be instead of the way that it actually is. Absolutely, you know what I mean. And like a criticism that I've heard from people who don't, because I've been very vocal over the years about how I like Aaron Sorkin. I've actually we've actually lost a fan over it because they got in my DMs and they were like. Hey, just so you know, Aaron Sorkin is not a good writer at all. And I just, I go, I said, and I, to which I said, I go, Hey, I said, Hey, you know, art subjective, but like you, he might not be your favorite, but to say he's not good is kind of stupid. And they were like, no, 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 he's literally not even good. And I'll prove it to you. And they tried to send me a zoom link so that they could get me on face to face (laughs) and convince me that. And I said, Hey, it's okay. It's just my opinion. I dig the guy's stuff and you don't, that's no big problem. They're like, no, you're not hearing me out. I can explain to you how he's not even good and i was like yo if i like everything he's ever done you're not going to convince me that i was wrong in liking it right but go ahead ahead. well i was going to say one criticism that i have heard from people that even though i love sorkin i definitely agree with is that especially if you watch the west wing like every single character if you know anything about aaron sorkin is just him like all mm-hmm. of them every single one of them the president is him fucking rob Lowe was him all of, like they all have there's not really much the only difference between some of these characters is one of them's older one of them's younger and one of them's a woman but they fucking say the same thing absolutely they're all like verbal snipers who never yeah. miss you know never miss with with a quip or a rejoinder or whatever like none of them have you know, none of them take showers later that day and think like, oh, fuck, I should have said that. Like they yeah, all right. say exactly what they should have said yep. in every single moment. And it's like, and it's rapid fire and they do it back and forth to each other. Nobody, Which is great. Feet. There's no pause. There's no hesitation. That's what I was about to say. And it's like, so a lot of people are like, this is fucking ridiculous. Literally nobody talks like this. But I've always been, as far as that goes, I've always just been like, right, but it would hit if people did. did. And this is yeah. a movie. So yeah. That hits for me. It's like people don't talk the way they talk in Quentin Tarantino movies either. You of know course what I mean? not. Generally, but it but it hits. It's entertaining. So who cares? And that's how I've always felt about Aaron Sorkin's like style. And also like he broke onto the scene, as I understand it, with a uh, with a few good men, which was a play first, and then turned into a movie. And that's that might be a top five movie all time for me. That's that's one of my absolute favorite movies i'm a huge i'm a huge rob reiner fan because of that oh movie yeah and stand one of the me. most underrated Ryan. directors of all time right if, because if we can like say his versatility is insane and, and like, all of them are fucking legendary like dude right. when harry met sally spinal tap and a few good men three stand by complete, me too. Stand, stand by, by me is four completely four completely different, right. different movies and they're yeah. all like the guy right. only does the thing, what was that one dude who like he only acted in five things, but every single one of them was nominated for I an Academy Award? I may have his name wrong, but I think it's John K. Zal. Yeah, Kazal, okay. Or he's Kazali. one of them types. He, he was in The Godfather, The Deer Hunter, Serpico, Dog Day Afternoon, and maybe one. And I might have some of those wrong too. Maybe it's Godfather, Godfather Two, and then the three other things. That's the only things he ever did. Uh, but will you tell if you can remember it, and if you can't, I'll tell the version of it that I remember the way I remember it. Uh, that Aaron Sorkin story 
that you shared with me about uh, him writing a particular scene involving an opposing viewpoint or whatever. I can, Do you remember I, what I, I'm talking about? I remember what you're talking about, but there's a lot of uh, water under the bridge since then, or like a lot of time has passed and you know my retention is bad, but it was the one that I learned when I took I'm master sorry how class. this is going to sound. When I took Aaron yeah. Sorkin's master class. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, no, go ahead and tell it. <laughs> the way I remember it was, and I don't remember what movie or project it was in or whatever. It might have been the newsroom or, or something. Something with some politics in it, which is a whole lot of his shit. So Most that of it. it. Yeah, that doesn't narrow it down. So, uh, But you said that he said that he had to write this character giving a uh, this like screed uh, representing a viewpoint that he himself vehemently disagreed with, right? Yeah. And the way he put it was something like, I never understood, I never could understand how a human being could possibly hold that opinion on that subject until I wrote it. <laughs> and by the way, by and the way, then it clicked. <laughs> by the way, in there, in there, in what he's saying, as raven as it is, there is something profound to it, sincerely. There is, right. there is something profound to it, sincerely. And I, now I'm about to be Aaron Sorkinish, but one time, right after we'd first gone on tour, I had to, the, this a, a fan of ours who also happened to teach at one of our local high schools wanted me to come speak to his class. I just said yes without asking any questions whatsoever. Well, I get there and he, I, I'm like, I figured I'm going to speak about comedy or whatever. And I've got it in my mind. I'm like, just do the opposite of Jim Carrey in the Harvard speech. You know what I mean? To tell these kids that they need to have a backup plan, all this shit. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I get there and five minutes before the class, he goes, all right, well, you know, it's an hour and a half. So whatever you want to do. And I was like, what? And he was yeah, like, he was like, yeah, you're, you're, you're going to do the class today. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, What's the class? He's like, well, we do, uh, we, you know, it's like we do, uh, what's it, social, uh, current issue, part of it is current issues and part of it is blah, blah, blah. And I was like, so I had like two seconds to figure out what we were going to do. So I decided, I was like, all right, we're going to do a, a debate. I'm going to talk to everybody and we're going to do a debate. And we're going to have teams and I'm just going to have this be debate class because then they'll do most everything. And so I had people, I had the kids, high school kids, get up and debate each other, but I told them, whatever i said you have to take the opposite stance of what you believe you know what i mean i was like take the opposite stance of what you believe because i'm just trying to be creative and like it was very fucking interesting watching someone who didn't believe a thing make all the points and like you could their realization of like oh wow i could <laughs> i could see that like now that i'm arguing it you know for, from my point of view however however Aaron Sorkin basically being like, I can unlock the secrets to communication, you know, through my fucking writing is by writing, yeah, by right. But I do get what he's saying. But goddamn, dude, when, it's so raven. But when you told me, when you told me, he said, I never understood anyone could have that opinion on that subject until I wrote it. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I actually feel exactly that same way about carrot cake because I was <laughs> yeah. never. And and it's honestly not even a joke. It's true. It's like I was never a big carrot cake fan, but like the family wanted a carrot cake, and I'd be baking and stuff. So I made a carrot cake, and after yeah. I made a carrot cake, I was like, yeah. the "Carrot cake is fire." Yeah, <laughs> I love this yeah. shit. No, so I feel you on that. Me, I, I did. Uh, he had a lot of good things in there, though. I mean, obviously, his master class was mainly him crawling up his own butt. But I mean, you course. get what you, you get what you sign up for. Um, but like the one thing I took away from it that like really, really helped me 
was he was talking about he's like if you're a writer and you feel you don't write enough he's like you're you're probably okay because he goes writing to me is nine his 10 percent writing and 90 percent thinking about the shit that you're gonna write about of course. you know and i was Easily. like okay i was yeah. like okay that makes me feel better and then he was just talking about like uh when he's stuck he would just go take a shower and of course he used the example of like because that's what einstein did you know so naturally i do that and it does work but uh yeah if you want to see a man who thinks very highly of himself but as you said trey can back it up i suggest right. you take aaron sorkin's master class i know that a lot of the critiques of him also you can find all these youtube videos and stuff that point out how often he has reused the same tropes and jokes and yeah. basically lines he'll barely alters a line and use it again but it's like uh i tell you what like i don't even know. i've made at this point hundreds of youtube videos right mm -hmm. and i try to write jokes for all of them and at first i was like i would think of something i'd be like ah, it's kind of similar to that joke i made about that other thing in that other video but like politics in this country is like a cycle and all this yeah shit. of course the same the same subjects keep coming up and at a certain point, I just stopped giving a shit about that. And I'll recycle like I'll recycle yeah. material all the time because you know you got to fade the beast or whatever. So uh, he's just no. I do on the same thing, grander scale than me. So the other day no I shade. was yeah. The other day I was getting ready to write something uh, for my Substack over at parttimefunnyman.com, and I got two paragraphs in, and then it clicked with me. And I went back to my archives and realized I had written basically word for word the exact same thing in October. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, you just forget all that shit. But, yeah, dude, if you're as – and, like, you know, Sorkin's pretty prolific. I mean, he's writing shit right. all the time. Like, the human brain only possesses so many – I won't say jokes, but so many joke mechanisms. Uh -huh. And when you use the same joke mechanisms, it can make a joke that is technically different from this joke sound exactly the same because you got there using the same paddle. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I wanted to show you – there was one other thing I wanted to show you, and then I guess I'll start talking about some crazy bosses and shit. Uh, let me see if I can pull this up. I yeah. We're so, so good at the computers. Do you see that? Um, not yet. Not yet. Really? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Okay. I do it's now. Says, uh, the girl from a very poor family has been picked as a luxury brands model, <laughs> as they like. They her liked her attitude. attitude and smile. So this is a feel good post, right? I, I don't know what that, this is. Probably in India or Pakistan, somewhere like that. I hope that's not racist. Uh, you said looks, probably. Yeah. Right. Probably so, is. And then, oh, ooh, 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 I don't, we don't even need the audio. I'm not trying, trying to get copyright flagged or nothing. Yeah, right. But it's just this, uh, this very pretty young girl walking down the streets. And it's, it reportedly she's from like a peasant family and she goes to this high end luxury brands, uh, um, store. Store. And yeah. in the store, they have, they've used her as like the model for a lot of their, uh, their items or lines of items there she is pitching some makeup and stuff so it's like a, a luxury makeup brand for young girls and they picked this girl off the streets from abject poverty to uh to be the spokesperson and it ends with a little inspirational quote make your dreams matter right oh that's sweet yeah, that whole yeah, thing is yeah. sweet right yeah buddy you talk about Raven. The comments of that post, <laughs> which I believe to be true, are so insanely Raven of both the internet and also capitalism. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. 
because immediately all you watch that y'all almost start to tear up or whatever. You're like, Oh, that's so sweet. There's some good in the world. You go to the comments and all of the top comments are outlining like, just so you guys know, they paid this girl a pittance and now have right, <laughs> yeah, and, now, and now have the right to use her uh, her image in perpetuity forever. And she gets peanuts for it and she's still going to die in poverty. And then she got fucked over and she doesn't have the money for lawyers and all this stuff. And like, and it's just the Internet. To be fair, that's where my head went to, but I don't know if that's true or not. Right. Well, apparently it is, but yeah, but it's like, <laughs> so, and it's fine. I, I, I'm not laughing at her situation. No, again. me it's either. just the ravenry, the ravenry of the fucking, like, nothing ever hits. Like, when it comes to any kind of, any kind of capitalist, anything like that, that ever comes up, you know it's some bullshit behind the curtain, but also the internet just rushes to ruin everything in this case like appropriately so sure but also like you know the internet there'll be you know you cannot enjoy a gif of a fat you, fuck cat being being can't. fat and goofy because the whole everybody on the internet would be like i hope you know that's animal abuse that cat definitely has yeah. you know cat fibromyalgia or whatever yeah, yeah. is is certainly and is you can tell by looking at you see the way it moves its tail it's super depressed and it has diabetes and it's gonna die and um it's always yeah. some shit like that um, yeah we don't live in a time where people allow two things to be true anymore i've found right. like two things can be true that cat is being abused but it looks really really funny sitting there with a piece of cheese on its head you know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. that's just true. Like I thought a lot of the subreddits. I do you think? Do you think having a pet that gets big and fat, like, do you qualify that as animal abuse? It depends. It depends on like, how fat. It really does depend on how fat. Because, like, you know, not all dogs will do this, but most dogs will quote unquote founder themselves. If you keep giving them food, yeah. they will keep eating it. And I've seen it. I saw a dog one time at Target, and it was like it, it was the biggest i'm trey it was a weenie dog it was a fucking weenie dog yeah. and it weighed at least 125 pounds i'm not it's a kidding big, it's a big like weenie dog. he his his and this woman had him up in a cart and we were just like oh buddy and she immediately because here's the thing if someone has adopted or rescued a dog you don't have to ask them they'll fucking tell you and she immediately as soon as we looked over at it she launched into this whole thing of how you know yeah his former owner made him be this way and then they died and now I'm, I've got him on a diet trying to get him back to normal or whatever but like so this dog couldn't even walk because if you put him on the ground his belly was longer than his arms like he was just so like yeah I do think that that but, is when you get into that range but if you just got kind of a chunky dog no they're right. hitting they love it but do you think what do you think about the motivation behind it? Because like, let me use this as an analogy, right? Pretty much every Meemaw on planet earth, right? Yep. It's a known thing. You go over to a Meemaw's house and this goes from Italian nanas to uh, fucking Russian bubbas to, you know, Southern Meemaw's. I don't know about the Chinese Meemaw's though. No, they call you fat, I reckon. But, <laughs> yeah. but the rest of them, the rest of them, you go, you go over to Meemaw's house She's going to be shoving food in your face the whole time. Oh, you're yep. going to dry up and blow away. You yep. know, fucking, you need to eat something. You got to eat something. Here, eat this, you know. And it's a stereotype, and it's like a loving stereotype. Like, no of one, course. no, nobody hates on Meemaw for doing it. It's like, that's just what Meemaw does, and everybody knows it. 
But like, you know, that includes the Maymaws of big fat fuck diabetic motherfuckers yes, who don't need to be eating shit. You, you know what I mean? But Maymaw going Maymaw. Like, yep. so what if you just got like a Maymaw ass pet owner who's like, oh, my baby loves his sausages, you know, and she just then like, you know. She's just like, but he likes it. And he it's likes like, okay, it. But yeah. He's dying. He, yeah, like, right. It's no, like he's fine. Hell, he'll be fine. Like, hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind the scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search BLEAV on YouTube or wherever you listen. That's it, feels pretty fucking different to me, it, dude. Than dude. like. Locking think, a pit bull in a cage behind a junkyard yeah, it until it rots away or whatever. It is. You know, I, I think right, that like, there is such a thing as <laughs> – it's different. I do think there's such a thing as, like, unconscious unconscious abuse. You know what I mean? And, like, yeah. it's where, like, you, you, you are technically hurting this thing, but in your brain you're not because you're being loving. Um, like, yeah, like, dude, okay, so, like – I think that doing that to your kid is way different than beating your kid. Like there's scales, you know, but two things can be true. Like if you've got a kid, if you're, listen, once your kid gets in his teens or whatever, he can make his own, he knows, Hey, I should run or I should, you know, but if you've got a fucking 200 pound five year old, yeah. I brought up Maymaws for a reason. Like I'm saying Maymaws do that and people don't get on them. I think a parent if you're a parent and you got a big fat fuck kid, it is your fault. I know I have yeah. kids and I worry yeah, about it's your being fault. fat and I watch what I feed them and all this shit. But I also was a fat kid. I've struggled with my weight my whole life. A lot of times you see fat fuck kids, they got fat fuck parents. And so it's like, you know, you'll have that. You'll have that. I'm not yeah. saying that makes it's it up okay, to us as like parents. They don't, they're not doing it. They're not, they're not applying it to themselves. Of course, they're not going to apply right. it to their kid or whatever. Uh, I, it, I think it's their fault. But I don't yeah. think that it's uh, the same as like abuse. You know? No, I mean? of like course not. Like, of course right. not. Like I would, dude. If I, I don't know what the situation would be, but if someone was like, "Yeah, your your kid's gonna be way overfed, or we're gonna fucking punch him in the mouth every time he's happy," <laughs> I'd be like, "All right, let the fat fuck eat," you know. But like, you know, I, I think there's just like, like, okay, okay, it'd be the same thing as like. Uh, you know, verbal abuse versus physical abuse. Like one is definitely, um, you'd rather have that. Like you, I think most women would rather be screamed. <laughs> God damn. But it doesn't make that thing right. You know what I mean? Like it's of like course. kind of, it's kind of in that what aboutism range, but like it does like, you know, as parents, it's our job to teach our kids that, Hey, 
whatever works at Mamaw's house don't work in the real life, but enjoy it while you're over there. Because, dude, my fucking Mamaw, and I know yours is the same, she was the queen of this shit. When I was at my fattest, which is 50 pounds heavier than I am right now, and right now I'm not doing good, <laughs> you know? Like, I would go over to my granny's, and I would be so depressed about my weight, and I'd be trying to do good, and she'd constantly be just trying to shove stuff in me, and I'd, and I'd be like, Granny, I'm a fucking cow. And she'd be like, you ain't. You're a growing boy. I'm 27. Boy, yeah, I, right, I was yeah. a growing boy at 27. Of course. And yeah. and we've talked about this before, certainly not on this podcast. And maybe the mammals of dogs feel this way too. But, like, to her, because <laughs> Granny did it to her fucking dog. Like, all her That's dogs. That's what I'm saying. All, That's what I'm all saying. of them almost I feel like died. A lot of, I feel like a lot of fat fuck dog or pets. It's I feel mammals. Like there's mammals. Yes. There. Yes. Yeah. And are they trying to do something bad? No, they're loving you to death. It's right. like the yes, it's like exactly. fucking Chris Farley squeezing that role in or in yeah. in uh in Tommy Boy. But like she in her mind though, because things are so much different now. She was born in nineteen twenty, which means she lived through the depression. And back then, societally, and this is actually a decent topic for this show, I don't know that we've ever covered, but back then societally, being fat and pale meant that you were wealthy whereas nowadays being skinny and tan often means that you're wealthy you know what i mean so she looked yeah. at my fat ass and was like women are gonna love you and meanwhile mm -hmm. i'm sitting there with my receding hairline just going no they're not and i have so much proof yeah uh didn't you bring talking about fat fat fuck dogs and stuff reminded me and just fat fucks in general you had like some whale stuff or something yes Yes, so I don't know if you've heard, but like the the there is a there's been a significant increase since 2020 yeah. of orcas. Yeah, the whales um, are fighting back. Right? They're fighting boats and stuff like that, yeah. right? Good, and good I for thought them. this happened. This got I, I think they out. finally saw blackfish somehow. I don't know how. Did you ever see that documentary, Blackfish? No, so, I. Well, they got it on Orca Netflix uh, yeah. uh, recently. <laughs> Wet and they were like, yeah, wet flicks. And they were like, this will not stand. Uh, yeah. I don't know. They can like communicate and shit, right? Maybe they found out what's been going down and they're like, fuck these motherfuckers. Well, I don't let know. Me, like, let me set it up and then I will pose you the theory from a uh, biologist, Alfredo Lopez Fernandez, which is a fucking wonderful yep. name. Alfredo yes, Lopez Fernandez. Fernandez. If that, if that motherfucker's yeah. mama can't cook, then this, yeah. there's nothing wrong, right with this world. So, since 2020, there's been, like, a huge spike in it. And so I heard about this, like, a week ago, right? And then two days ago, I saw I saw it again. I was like, oh, yeah, I've already read this article. But turns out it was a completely different article because it happened again, right? And I was like, I got to talk about this on the show. So today, I fucking type it in again, and there was an article from one day ago. And I was like, okay, and it was a different one. And then as I go back to the Google search, there's one from eight minutes ago. And I was like, are they just repeating this shit? No, completely separate one that happened in Spain, right? So orcas are just ramming ships. They're just like, like you said, they're clearly communicating with each other and doing it. And Mr. Alfredo, man, his uh -huh. theory, and he suggests that this all stems from there was in like 2019 or something, there was this boat that drilled this orca whale and the whale didn't die, but it was very badly injured. And so this orca apparently regains its strength and then is like, all right, 
it's time. Like John Wick shit. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. So yeah. this orca starts attacking these fucking boats every time they see it. And this orca has babies. And they see this behavior, much like the monkeys in the experiment who were uh, beating the shit out of all the monkeys that were climbing the ladder to get to the banana. You remember that thing? No. Okay, all right, all right, okay, cool, I'm glad. So they did this experiment with uh, monkeys, ultimately to prove that so many things that we do in society are just because that's the way it's done, and we have no idea fucking why we do it. So they had all these monkeys in this cage, right? And then they put a ladder up to the top, and on the top they had a banana. So naturally, a monkey would try to climb that, and every time they would climb to the top of it, they would spray this monkey with a fucking fire hose and start spraying all the other fucking monkeys with it, right? Well, they slowly yeah. start replacing monkeys. Science is, science is wild. They uh, it is. They slowly start replacing monkeys one at a time so that one of the monkeys never saw any of this happening, right? Well, eventually, they stop spraying the monkeys. But anytime any of the monkeys would get next to the ladder, all of the monkeys would beat the fuck out of this monkey. Right? Yeah, right, because some because of them remember like, they know what's going to happen. Like, no, don't do that. That's, well, yeah. By the time, by the end of this trial, they had fifty monkeys in there, and they were all still doing it. But not one of those monkeys had ever been in there when the water was actually sprayed. All they knew was, if you get next to that ladder, we beat the fuck out of you. So mm. it's signaling to them that's like, there's things that we do that if we would just stop for a second and go, wait, why? We would realize there's no explanation and it's stupid. At one point, maybe it did, but now it's not. So point is, all these baby orcas have grown up seeing their mom and all these people fucking ram ships. Now, at a certain point, they're not going to know that the reason we do this is because mommy was attacked because like... It, it's just like all this um, uh, it's just their behavior changing because they're seeing now hey you see a ship you fuck it up fuck it up and yeah. over a couple of years fuck and bugs. more over a couple of years and more breeding it's now like this entire group of orcas and then any orca baby that swims up and sees them knows sea ship fuck it up so we may that ship may have created an irreversible evolutionary change in whales that now we're about to get our comeuppance for, as you said, blackfish. Well, you know, I mean, they ain't never called them friendly whales. No, they haven't. No. Now, I mean, but they've all, the thing is, like, you know, I wanted to make that joke, and they will, they are like fucking ruthless hunters and killers, and they'll, they do coordinate to, I've seen some wild videos about how they'll, like, a, you know, like a seal will think it's escaped an orca because it gets on an ice flow or something, yeah. and the orca will go get like three of its boys, and they'll make like a fucking wave pool that right, like tilts the the ice flow over, and then eat the fuck out of that seal or whatever. They're obviously real smart. Uh, I was about but, to say because but that goes they against used to always be like they was homies with humans for a long time. Right, humans betrayed that trust. Yes. So now this seems evolutionarily appropriate. <laughs> yeah, and that and that like goes against all our talk because this isn't this isn't the first behavior of it wasn't instinctual. That's not it was never the instinct of a whale to see a boat and mm -mm. smash it, right? But now it is slowly becoming the instinct of a whale to do that because they've seen it done so many times. I hate to say this, but like I think I'm all for that. Oh, I'm Ex for it. Except, except knowing us and how we be, mm -hmm. it may result 
in them fucking around and finding out. Like, I'm not sure that they <laughs> want. I'm not sure that that orcas want that smoke they at the don't. end of the day. <laughs> like, no. I, I I love them ramming boats, but you ram too many boats, and uh, before long, you know the hooks are going to come out uh, or whatever. No, and, I mean, I agree hippies, with you. The hippies will try to stop it, but like, you know, big boat uh, will probably take care of it, I assume. Yeah, I would say that like without question, if we as humans decided, hey, f- let's put an end to this, we would just start putting missiles on cruise liners and just start taking out <laughs> orcas left and right. So, yeah. Yeah. That'd I'm be with you. people from Ohio do it. You know what yeah, I mean? You're yeah, like, and it would hit. You want to run the fucking whale missile today? <laughs> yeah. $500. <laughs> you can explode that whale. Dude, just like those feral hogs in Texas where you hang out of the uh, helicopter yeah, or whatever. Exactly. Dude, that They'll would treat be... them like that. They're like, look, we got to shoot. We got to shoot them with rockets. They're a fucking nuisance. You guys heard what these things are doing? Man, you know? I hadn't even considered all that. pigs are smart, that. too. Yeah. <coughs> You're Sorry, so... about throat. That's okay, buddy. My voice is completely gone from this weekend. I, I I didn't realize how much screaming was in my new act, and I've just been kind of <coughs> all day. But yeah, no, I'm I'm you you know look most big boats. I would say that I side with the whale, um, in yeah. in doing that. But yeah, you're right. I didn't even consider that. That like this will be a very very small short lived victory for them yeah if that uh yeah <laughs> but go whale <laughs> you teed this up before we started by saying like you wanted to talk about this because of how we're always talking about what animals and how they can love or not and stuff uh-huh. yeah well we well, didn't I really say- get into all that no i didn't but i only because i only said because that. I, I, I when you said that i was like well he don't think like because I always made some exceptions, and I'm pretty sure whales were in the category of exceptions. Like, I know that some animals have, like, higher order abilities. I said, I was like, primates. I think I said whales. But do you think dolphins. whales, do you think, okay, you said whales could love? Yeah, I think, and the, yeah, Okay, I think, well, then. They can, then, like, talk. They sing well, love songs to each other. Well, then, never shit. mind. Never mind, because the, the argument that I was going to make, had you not, would be like, look, clearly this is not instinctual. This is learned behavior, and this is, the, they can no, clearly. No, they're, they're legit. Okay. okay, yeah, I agree that they're legit. <clears throat> and, and you know, to be fair, we haven't seen squirrels uh, um, form a mutiny against <laughs> car tires, you know, so. Right. So yeah, I guess I'm back. You're you're right again. Uh, okay. Sorry about that, everybody. I have a. I don't know what happened. It happened to me while me and Mark were doing a bonus episode of Weekly Skews, too. I just, uh, I don't know, got something in my throat. Got I think Mercury is that in... what they call getting a frog in your throat, or is that a, is that a different I th- thing? I What's think a so. frog in your throat? Well, I've heard it what said. I've heard it said in several different iterations. Like, I've also heard it like when someone, um, they're going to, like, let's say someone scares them, like they're about to talk and then they get scared. They're like, oh, you got a frog in your throat. So I was like, that lump, you know, like that. You know the lump, like when you're nervous to say something, there's a lump. But then there's also like, <clears throat> I do have, I have like 
fucking phlegm in my throat. That might be a frog, you know. Well, see that? Well, that's it, what that's what I have. I have sinus problems. I have drainage and stuff. And every now and then, I'll get like, it's like the drainage just like hits my throat all wrong. Or yeah. Something. I think and anytime your like throat a, like is wrong, it's a frog. Right. It's like a tickling sensation in my throat that just makes me want to like, you know, cough or clear it or Are whatever. And, and I can't talk through it or that makes it worse. Uh, but I think I've got it. Oh, I had something I wanted to ask you up top and I didn't. Okay. So, so, you know, people that know me know I'm pretty open. I'm like, you know, kind of low key depressed right now. We're making it through, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sort of yeah. uh, rekindling a little depressed right now. So naturally, mm -hmm. Naturally, the thought occurs to me now, as it usually does when I'm depressed, but I never like, I never jump into it, but I'm like, I need to start baking bread, right? You know, I think that's a pretty uh -huh. normal, I don't feel well, maybe this will help me. And it absolutely is. I remember <laughs> yeah. I told you, the, yeah, I, yeah. I didn't know that, but I told like, I, I told you this on the Well Read podcast when it happened, but like during, when COVID started during the pandemic. Yeah. I just, that was when I found the Great British Breaking Show, right? Which yep. has become a seminal part of my life in, yep. in the intervening years. But I found it at the beginning of COVID during lockdown and became obsessed. And in my mind, just from watching that show, and it's funny because it turned out like, I also didn't realize that people across the world were doing the same thing. I yeah. getting into baking specifically during yeah. the lockdown. I didn't realize that in my mind. It's just, I found this show. It made me want to bake. So I started baking and I started like with bread, right? Made like a simple loaf and it hit for me. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to get into baking bread. So I started looking up like things about baking bread online and reading into it and shit. And in doing so, I, of course, cause I fucks with Reddit. I was right. like, is there, a, a subreddit for baking bread of course Breadit. there is it's called bread it right oh, so, nice. I found, so i found bread it right and uh and in finding bread it then i soon found out that in that amongst that culture of people it is a known fact <laughs> or generally accepted as such that getting into baking bread is a cry for help and <laughs> and generally means you are not doing well because yeah. breadit is a baking bread subreddit that also doubles as a like suicide hotline and That's depression it. treatment fucking subreddit and uh and I just thought that it was really funny to me when I realized that cuz I had no idea but it was like you know COVID lockdown. I mean, you know, I, I wasn't like, I wasn't doing great, but right. I in no, in no way that I put those two together. Right. Until I started looking into it more, but yeah, apparently they go hand in hand. Being yeah. depressed and baking bread is just like this. Apparently. Well, I, I only put reason. it. I remember you talking about <laughs> that now, but I only put it together myself because like baking bread and stuff has been something since we started this show that I was like, Hey, you need to get into this because Trey's already into it. And like, bake it like especially french baking and stuff like that i was like that really goes with this show you know i wouldn't say yeah yeah i i just i, I just want to make it clear i would not i would not say that i'm into french like patisserie and shit no like that. Like no I'm, but you know like you I'm do not, you've sent me shit you fucking made the macarons yeah not the greatest i've made a bunch that doesn't of macarons matter. dude there's plenty of french hard. people that don't hit at it either you know what yeah. i mean like you only see i'm just not good at making stuff 
pretty basically i can't make things like look good and also like baking breads i, I pretty immediately shifted from bread into like pastries and sweets and desserts and stuff like that I like i haven't made fancy. any kind of i haven't made any kind of loaf of bread in a long fucking time i've but actually you, been meaning to because it's been a while i've been wanting to make like a focaccia or something like that yes but, well, and that's I had, what I I'm, wanted. I made a fire ass focaccia one time, but anyway, go ahead. Well, well, that's part of what I wanted to ask you about is like me start. Like, are there like, okay, if I'm gonna start baking bread, what what's my starter? You know, not like no pun intended. I don't literally mean like a sourdough starter, but like, okay, what's good. something? Yeah, I don't. No, I don't. <laughs> yeah, right. No, no. I mean like intro to bread, right? Because like I said, um, I've always wanted to do it because of this show, and then. This week, I was like, maybe I should start doing that. And then I go, oh, wait, I'm really depressed. Oh, fuck, this makes sense. You know what I mean? Um, but, like, so the thing that's always, like, I think, and you can speak to this probably, the thing that's always sort of made me not get into it is because, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, please do, and I think this is why you are into it and good at it. It's very mechanical, correct? Like, yeah. it's... Yeah, right. Very much so. so I'm a bit we're both big fans of cooking, but I think the reason that I tend to cook way more than I, I would ever try to bake is because I have fucking ADD. And so I might make a mistake. But in cooking, I mean, there's some things obviously you can't salvage that rarely ever happens to me. But like in cooking, if I fuck up a little bit, I'm like, OK, we'll just, you know, it's too salty dilute it with this whatever oh it needs more yeah. do that i can <clears throat> fix it but with baking i feel like i would get really really frustrated so did like oh did yeah. you did you come out okay good that's what i want to know did you come out the gate like oh shit i did this and it hit or was there like a huge mm -hmm. trial and error period oh it's both and it continues i mean yeah they say that they say you know the the phrase is uh cooking is an art baking's a science or right whatever, because you gotta because like the measurements are so important and everything. And it's like, you get one thing. That's what I say about macarons, dude. I don't even know. I've made so many batches of macarons and it's like, I still, I don't even know what I got an oven thermometer. Cause I was like, my oven must be too hot, but based on the thermometer, it's not, I didn't let them rest long enough. I didn't age the egg whites long enough. I didn't beat See, the egg whites. To, I didn't beat the egg whites to the <clears> right <throat> consistency. I didn't sift the almond flour properly or whatever. Like, uh, there's just a million different things that you can fuck up. And if you fuck up any of them, it ain't going to be right. And it's, it's like, over. And some, and some people, macarons, though, I feel like are like, having baked a fair number of things, it's not like everything is, is like that. Macarons are like the bane of my existence. Baking wise, uh -huh. like they're, they're on another level, but there's people out there that just don't ever fuck those things up. They're just yeah. like good at, it. they just like got it. Uh, but I fuck things up all the time. The, my biggest early lesson that I learned and you, I, you may already know this, like it might be common. knowledge. It wasn't to me when I started like, um, uh, the way you like measure your flour is obviously super important. And like, if it said two cups of flour, I'd take my one cup measuring cup and like scoop out a cup of flour. Right. Of course. And I'd level off the top, put it in there. Yeah. That's one cup. Then I'd do that again. You can't do it like that. How? Why? Because if you take the measuring cup and put it in the bag or your flour, whatever you keep your flour in, you put the measuring cup in there and like scoop it out it's compacted 
right? Ah. And so it's actually, you're actually getting way, way more than you mean to when you do that. So what you have to do is you have to hold the measuring cup, take a spoon. Oh my God. And scoop it out of the bag into the measuring cup, right? And then, but also what you really need to do. Sift which I it? Do, no, what, uh, yeah, I mean, that depends. I, like with certain things, yes, but like. Not always. That I feel like that's kind of a remnant of when it used to be more necessary than it is now for a lot of things, but not always. But anyway, what you really need to do, which I will do sometimes if I'm making something like macarons, right, <clears throat> is you need to measure that shit. Like I have a kitchen scale, weigh it. I oh, mean. right, right, right. Because like, then you can't get it you, wrong. Right. Right. And uh, so because so you go other, in there and you weigh your scoop. And then subtract that, right? Well, if you're gonna weigh it, I would use like a bowl or something. So you put the you put the the way those kitchen scales work, you put a bowl on it and then turn it on and it don't it don't weigh the bowl. It just right. weighs what you put in the bowl. Right. And uh that way you can America's the only country that uses like the cups and all that shit. The re, all the rest of the countries, when they bake, they they weigh it. It's like you know, five hundred grams or whatever, and they weigh it all out. Because it does have to be precise, but it's like well, no you know, wonder they got the show and we didn't, right? But in, in macarons, as an example, like an American recipe might say, like four egg whites, right? But fucking eggs are different sizes, different sizes. and the whites yeah. are different sizes, so you don't really know how much egg whites that is versus like three hundred grams of egg whites. Or I don't, I, I, I I'm, ah. still, I'm grams dumb, right? No, like me I, too. So I don't even know how many, I just, maybe I just said an insane amount of egg whites. I don't know because I don't fuck with grams because I'm American. But I'm saying if a recipe says that and you weigh it out, it's going to be right. Right. If, you, if, you, if the recipe says four egg whites and you, you got four extra large eggs and they use four medium eggs or whatever, like that can fuck you up. Yeah, that shit. Well, shit dude, like you've already changed the, the game for me. Right. Like I just have to get like, a scale. You got to be precise. Yes. Right. Get in scale and yeah, make sure you're not. Whereas, like, with sugar, though, sugar, oftentimes, the recipe, it should be compacted. Like, right. it, you know, um, so you do scoop that out, like, straight into the scoop, I mean. So, it, it's just, I don't know. Well, it's so, very but, precise and methodical, for sure, but, which I so do like, like. Cookies, though, seem to be different, and I say yeah, that oh, because, yeah. because, right. yeah, cookies, yeah, right, I because I. Oh, my ass, cookies, boy. I know, and you've texted them to me, and I really want to get into it because I've noticed like they'll there's like this scale they use where it's like if you want your cookies, if you like this type of cookie, you use more flour, less egg. If you like this type of cookie, you yep. use more egg. So I feel mm -hmm. like cookies are like maybe the link between baking and they cooking are. where I'm like, I could be you kind can, of an artist in this. Because you can kind of fuck a cookie up a little bit, and it'll and it still, still hit. hit. Yeah, it's right, like, oh, right. this one's just crunchy. You know? Exactly. Or this one's crunchy, or this one's flatter or chewier or fatter or whatever like it may not have been what you were like looking for exactly but it'll you know will still hit so whatever. like you're talking about focaccia is that something i should start with because or is that a really difficult bread because it looks like it looks no, hard it's not really difficult bread i would say that like a like a brioche shit like that is more difficult to focaccia is not so bad it's also fun because it's got a shitload of oil in it and you like poke it mm -hmm. in there with your fingers and dig around and stuff and brioche uh, is basically cake right i mean yeah sort of it's a heavily enriched french bread so it's got a lot of you know fat and things that hit in it um 
So yeah. Well, I'm glad, I, Brad, I brought it up because now I know, like, if I'm ever going to start this endeavor, at least save myself a couple headaches and get a fucking scale because that would have infuriated me. Like, I dude, I would have just been wrong the whole time because I would have assumed, like, yeah, you get the cup and you fucking, you know, like, just yeah. do that. But I, dude, thank you for that. First, I remember the first few things about, like, bagels in particular because I've got a KitchenAid and everything, and I would, like— I'd be trying to knead them and they just, it would not come together. It was like way too tough and everything. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Cause I'd watch the videos and recipes and stuff. And it's, I was like, it ain't supposed to be like that. And, um, it was cause I was unknowingly putting way too much flour or I'd say way too much, but like more than I meant to, which made a huge difference. Which is all so that matters. I, you- I actually err on the side of lighter Let, with yeah, flour right. now, uh, for that reason. But did you, did you boil the bagels? Yeah, oh yeah. yeah okay, I bagels did, otherwise. Okay, I didn't know that. But see, I saw someone making it the other day, but I had my sound turned off, and I didn't know if like that was some sort of new hack or like. So that's the Polish way to do it: is you take them, you knot them, and then you boil them, and then you bake them. Also, this is a personal preference thing, but like when it comes to yeast, there's two different kinds: active and instant. I think, mm-hmm. and one of them, one of them, and I, I can't remember which is which. I think the instant you can just like mix it straight into the recipe. You don't have to proof it, but I don't like fucking with that kind because I, because like if the OG kind is the active yeast where it's like you proof it first, which is like you put in a little cup of water or milk or something with a bit of sugar and then it blooms. That's how you know that it's going to work. Right. I like to know that it's going to work because I've had stuff yeasted recipes where I use instant yeast and stuff because yeast can be dead. Yeast is a living thing. If the yeast ain't going to work, the whole thing is fucked. Right. And so without that first step that Ill, that shows you for sure my yeast is hitting, you know, it's a crapshoot for no reason, in my opinion. So I would use the active kind and always make sure that it's working first. So yeast um, is like bacteria? Like it's a, like yeah. a, dude, it's yeah. so fucking crazy how much, how much, like, how different bacteria be sometimes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like, <laughs> yeah, like, bacteria be like that. When I was a kid, if you'd have said to me, does bacteria ever hit? I would go, no, bacteria never hits. Bacteria is what makes me sick. But like the older I get and the more I'm trying to be into my gut health, it's like yeah. you need bacteria. And then like yeast is a bacteria. And like mm-hmm. certain mushrooms is like, this is a bacteria. And like, who the fuck were these people who were just like, let's take this goddamn bacteria and put it in this shit and that'll be awesome. I think most of that stuff is all like mostly accident. happened by act. Yeah, accident. A lot of the like, because dude, bread is fucking ancient, dude. Yeah, and no, like, it's like bread and beer, are like the first two things that they ever did, right? right. And and it was like with, so with beer with alcohol. I figure like some, some fruit oat. was left to go bad and yeah. you know fermented or whatever, and people were like, "Oh, this is wild." But it hits though, and then they like right. you know went from there. Um, but dude, the but, yeah. first person. To, like you read you read the ingredients to make bread and you're like if i follow this shit it'll work if i don't follow this shit it won't work somebody had to be the first motherfucker to get this is it you know what i mean this is this is the way and i just i just that fucking blows my mind but thank you for the tips absolutely um, so i'm uh, i've decided i'm gonna i know i said i was gonna talk about some crazy bosses but i think i'm gonna wait because i know we got some uh air mails and stuff and i don't want to get into talking about these guys and and uh go off the rails yeah i'll just wait till next week to talk about them give people something to look forward to but i have a couple of other tiny things found some more like uh like 
rich people's stories that I found and like uh, on Reddit, of course, and wanted to run a couple of them by you like this. Uh, Where do you find these on Reddit? Because I'm always looking at Reddit for stuff for this show and I don't know the ones to follow. I actually the, like the, mo- the ones that most of the ones I brought up have been just ask Reddit threads that happen to do with rich oh. people shit. You know what I mean? So it's just yeah. like kind of random basically. But if I see anything like that, obviously I make a note of it. Um, but this guy said, uh, he knew a dude, uh, an acquaintance who had a private jet and said he, and I might have the numbers wrong, but that he, uh, he traded in his 747 for a 737 because quote, he didn't like the way the chandeliers shook on takeoff, <laughs> which I could say how that's annoying. I mean, that would know? be annoying, you know, yeah, right. But one of those annoyances that I would never think there was a uh, solution to, right, I would yeah. I, if I would I would just be like, yeah, we're taking off in a plane. Uh, the chandeliers, chandeliers are probably yeah, yeah, yeah they're right. probably going to shake. What what the fuck is the difference? Like seven forty seven, obviously bigger than a seven thirty seven, correct? Right. So maybe it's just a little less, uh, a little smoother or something. I, maybe yeah, maybe the seven thirty. Maybe this it wasn't about the different plane models. It was just the second one didn't have chandeliers on it or something i don't know i just know that that's like what the guy said it's a rough problem to have man uh speaking of mark zuckerberg earlier he um he wants this was like a story at the time when it happened Um, you probably remember it he like bought up his whole neighborhood of mansions i did not know that yeah so obviously he lived in a real wealthy neighborhood he's in a massive mansion the only other houses around even remotely close are also huge mansions and he bought all of them so he wouldn't have any neighbors like he bought (laughs) all of them and just left those empty i don't know he might have partied in them or whatever fucking put some coders in one or some shit who knows well yeah i was about to say like that wouldn't be clones in the basement of one of them who the fuck knows with that guy but like you yeah you definitely have one that's the party house so it's like if we're having a get together we go to the party house and then we fuck that up, and then tomorrow the cleaners can clean that up while I'm in my non-party house, you know? Right. Also, everyone has somewhere to sleep. You could have a party. If you if you fucking buy up, like, how many mansions was this, do you know? Like I think 10? it was, no, no, I, th- I think it was like four or five. I okay, think. but I mean. <laughs> so, you know, nothing crazy. Nothing crazy, Just, yeah. Yeah, four or five eight million dollar homes or whatever he bought up on a whim just yeah. so he wouldn't have to say hi to anybody when he gets the newspaper in the morning or whatnot. But if you've got a if yeah, like that's so crazy that like most people that are that rich are like, Oh, I I only want to live around rich people, but this motherfucker's so rich that he's like, None of these can even see me in a dream. No, I don't like, even want r- fucking rich people around me. Yeah, they're right. low class to him. Like I think he just I mean, you know, he knew money and everything. I don't know that it's even about class. I think that, like, humans just kind of... No, I think that humans just don't really hit for him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he's that way. Like, I just think that all of humanity is kind of... He's like, no, thank you. None of that hits. I'll be in here with my projects or whatever. (laughs) If you had that much money, which with him, I mean, the number is the most money you can ever fucking think of. Are you buying, I'm not even talking about a practicality thing, but like, are you buying a mansion in a neighborhood of mansions and then buying out the other mansions? Or are you going to go buy fucking 500 acres and have a super hidden mansion built on top of that so that you also have the land? Wouldn't that be what you would do? Because that's what I would do. 
feels way more practical, but I guess he just liked that neighborhood or something, but not, yeah. you know, but not it being a neighborhood. Yeah. Like, right, right. I like this space in the world, yeah. but I'd really rather it not be a neighborhood. <laughs> the whole neighborhood part of it is what's putting me off. Dude. Um, I bet the people that own those, um, houses got like, he probably ended up paying whatever they wanted for it. You know, if he was in that yeah, mood, he could, there's no bartering there. It's like, no, I'm going to stay here unless you give me fucking this. So like, yeah. good for those people. So you said something a minute ago about you got one party house. And then while that party house is getting cleaned, you can party in another house or something. And it made me think of this. Ain't, this ain't, this ain't fancy at all. This is the opposite of fancy. I would argue, but it reminded me of something random. I read once that I wonder if you heard of, and also give you the opportunity to poke any holes in it. So somebody theorizing like, you know, that what everybody, what we should do, what a man should do is you should have two dishwashers, right? Ooh. In your, uh, in your kitchen. And so one of them, like one of them is always clean and one of them's always dirty. Right. Yeah. So like one of them, you know, you got one that's clean, you pull the dishes out of that and just use them, use them, put them back into the other one. Right. Then when the, other, when that fills up, you run it and the process reverses, right? And you go, you just go back and forth between dishwashers. I mean, essentially, that is a fucking great idea. And if you can afford the other dishwasher, good on you. What I feel though would end up happening though <laughs> is that I'd have two dirty dishwashers eventually. Yeah, right. You know what I right. mean? It's one of those things where, like, and this happens to me a lot. Like, you try, like, oh, me and Amber were just talking about it, for instance. She has those like uh, the the pump the pumps, and so she's got the breast things that go on them. And there's like a lot of I don't know how it was when y'all had kids. It was a lot longer ago, but like they're very intricate. There's like eight pieces that make up one piece. You got to put them together like a fucking transformer. And so she's constantly having to clean them and shit like that. And she just got uh, there was like some glitch in our insurance where they're sending us some more of those. And she was like, "Oh, this is great." She's like, I can clean them at the same rate, but there will always be one clean. And then we and her both looked at each other and like, no, they just going to all be dirty. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, right. Like knowing that you have that other set, you're going to go, well, I don't have to clean these right now. And then they're all going to be dirty at once. Because like if you've got the brain to want to not have to do something, you're probably not going to do it. But I do like the, no, the dishwasher oh, yeah. idea. I'm just going to do a couple more of these. One of the co-founders of Microsoft had a mega yacht. Remember we talked about mega yachts and on the deck of the, his mega yacht, <clears throat> he had a basketball court, right? Mm -hmm. And you remember how some of those boats would poop out smaller boats. <laughs> yeah, right? That's my favorite feature of those boats. Yeah. Right. So he had a basketball court on the deck and every now and then the ball would go overboard. Right. Of course. So he hired a dude to drive his pooped out faster boat behind <laughs> his mega boat just to get the basketball out of the water when it went overboard or whatever. Like that was that guy's whole job. That's not a bad was, gig to have. Uh, no, let me That's ask you this. How, how much do you know about the theory of relativity? Not, I mean, I've not enough. I, no, I mean, I used to, I mean, a little bit depends on where you're going with this. Cause I've tried to, of course, being me, I owned a copy of it in college and tried to like digest the whole thing, but I'm a little too dumb to understand so, the, the actual intricacies of it. But, uh, so is theoretical motion a part of that? Like that's a part of that, right? Like theoretical motion. Yeah. Like, yeah. so like, so like, I know the theory of relativity has a lot to do with like time and light and shit. Yeah. Correct. Like, yeah. so, so like, uh, 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 
relative relative motion, excuse me, is like why when you're riding in a car, you're inside the car, you can throw a tennis ball up and it won't zip to the back because like mm-hmm. you're confined in that space. But if you're on a yacht, like you're outdoors. So like the wind is whipping through your hair and shit. Like I feel like basketball would be a pretty fucking hard thing to do on a boat. Don't well, you I think, think? Well, I think they, I think they park those yachts a lot. Oh, you know? right. They okay. just kind of chill on them, you know. I'm I'm using I'm applying houseboat logic to <laughs> yeah, non-trash yeah. things, but yeah. like, but I do think I think they drive it to somewhere that hits, then they just park and and then hit there. Okay, dude. wherever they're parked at. So. That makes so much more sense. Like in my brain, they were cruising and playing basketball, and so yeah, naturally all, the, and so that the poop boat guy was more like right. a dude at the driving range that is constantly picking up the balls and then he's having to drive them back and like throw them on. I thought that's how complicated that was, but the way you said it makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Also there was a, uh, a couple that asked a travel agency uh, to book, book a honeymoon. They used a travel agency because they stipulated that every hotel they stayed at over their two week journey um, had to install a new mattress that they would pay for. <laughs> and then, and then burn that mattress after they left. Like uh, no one else was allowed to, to sleep on their mattress, but they had a specific brand of mattress that they uh, uh, specified and it was $5,000 a piece. So every place they went to bought and installed a $5,000 mattress for them to pork on and then threw it away after they left over the course of a two or three week trip or whatever. So that's buddy, a if you get load of money. If you got it, you got it, and and thus a further explanation as to how the mattress uh, community it still makes money is for fucking shit like that. Because you know we've talked about it a bunch. Like I did spend a lot of money for my mattress, it, I, way too much. It was the first money I ever had in my whole life. So you're gonna do stupid shit with it. But it got me to thinking of like, and I think about this with cologne too which I think kind of fits the theme of our show. Thinking about it with cologne, like cologne is very expensive, right? It's it's very expensive for ultimately smelly liquid. But like I've had the same bottle of cologne for like three years and I use it every day. So I was like, they have to mark this shit up, right? Like, of course they have to, because if they, yeah. they $5 over five years ain't going to work. And I've thought that same thing with mattresses. And it's like, well, of course they... Uh, you know, they last you 10 years, so they got to mark it up. But like, I would say that like probably 1% of the world is like responsible for 99% of the mattress sales because of like hotels, rich people move. Like I guarantee when a rich person moves, they don't take their fucking mattress with them. They just get uh-huh. a new mattress. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. There's an old Papaw saying that I heard once. It was something like never, uh, Never go cheap on anything that separates you from the ground. So it's like uh, footwear, tires, mattresses, things of that nature. Yeah, I agree Uh, with that because I have the money to spend on it. But yeah, you know, I I certainly. Well, it's also, I mean, yeah, some people just can't help it. But it's also like it undeniably makes objective sense because those those types of things, if you spend, if you get the cheap versions of those things, you're going to end up spending more money in the long haul. Now that that's the whole economics of poverty and why it's inescapable and all that shit. We ain't got to get into all that. So Yeah, for sure. Uh, But yes, if you have the money to spend on good footwear, you're dumb to not do it. If you have the money, you're dumb to not do it. So 
I don't know. Let's do these airmail, I guess. Oh, dude, I've got some really, really good ones. I've been debating on whether I wanted to end with this one or start with it, but I think I'm going to start with it. Um, <laughs> this is from <laughs> this is from our buddy John, and the subject line is, get ready for this, Texas redneck damn near beats me up for not being queer. Right. Okay. Okay. I thought it was I thought it was a typo. I genuinely thought it was a typo. And then I read it. First, some background. I'm a semi-retired programmer living with my wife in Tool, Texas, aka trailer park boys with a lake. I'm 56 and have lived in Texas most of my life, but I do like to read books and can say words with more than two syllables, which you would certainly agree means that I'm queer. So yes. anyway, so anyway, last Friday, I was out by the apartment pool with three of the local guys. I had just finished making a couple jars of homemade moonshine and brought out a few shots to share. Fast forward a couple of hours, and we're all drunk and loud and laughing about whatever bullshit comes to mind. The rednecks <laughs> the rednecks all went to high school together, and they started talking about dicks they had sucked, much like on y'all's show. <laughs> we were all having a laugh until one of the rednecks wanted to hear my dick-sucking stories, and I made the mistake of telling the truth. I never sucked a dick. This didn't sit well with the redneck with the longest beard and most tattoos. He started shouting that I was an asshole and a damn liar. He was definitely not going to let this queer who uses big words think he's the straightest guy here. So he was going to have to beat me up on general principle. Mind you, it never escalated beyond that. I'm a pretty big guy, and the other rednecks wanted him to shut up as much as I did. It was just a surreal experience that involved redneck dick sucking, and I figured if anyone could appreciate that, it would be you guys. I mean, he nailed that last part. Yeah, for sure. This is, this is certainly the show for it, but, like, uh, what an outlier I mean, situation. What? Yeah. Like, <laughs> he was with the – and I'm not, I'm not like – calling it into question or anything i'm happy for these guys yeah I, it's just like he's with a whole group of red asses who get drunk and longingly talk about all the dicks <laughs> they sucked and yeah. then want to whoop your ass for not sucking any dick it's like i mean that's the world we want to live wild. in yeah <laughs> <laughs> like that is yeah, such the inverse 23 baby i guess you know i don't, I don't know. know oh my god uh subject line white elephant stories this is from jennifer heard y'all talking about white elephant parties and wanted to share two stories read one both or neither of them i don't give a shit but they made me giggle <laughs> <All right. laughs> which means that i'm reading both uh but they made me giggle just remembering them both of these stories occurred at the same friend's new year's eve party but not the same year Story number one, I should have known this was a trap. There was a fabric box shaped like a pink sparkly cupcake. I had to have it. Well, I got it. And by the way, here's a here's a picture of it for everybody to see. That's a that's a box that someone made to look like a pretty cupcake. And they did I mean, a very they did a good job. They did a very, very good job. Um the prize inside was a glass butt plug with a raccoon tail attached to it that some friends purchased from a Chinese website where it was labeled as a vaginal intercourse and anal sex weapon. The, <laughs> the cupcake box in question made it back to my apartment, but not the, quote, weapon. 
I texted the hostess as well as the friend that brought this as a gift the next day. No one saw it. The only thing we can figure is that the friend of a friend that no one really knew that well and showed up with baby mama drama took it because he was really fascinated by how realistic that raccoon tail looked. He also threw up in the shower before peacing out because his other baby mama accused him of going to a lingerie party. We were all mixed company, just wearing sweatpants because none of us wanted to dress up. That's story number one. <laughs> story, okay. story number two. I think this was 2017. We just moved into a new house. I was getting ready to leave to go to the same friend's New Year's Eve party. The hostess texted, reminding us of the white elephant gifts. We were still unpacking, and I completely forgot about the gift thing. It was like eight at night. Everything was closed already. So I began scouring what we had unpacked to see if there was anything dumb that I could wrap real quick. Lo and behold, lo and behold the Lord did provide a box of Red Lobster Cheddar Bay Biscuit Mix. Nice. A few hours later, the hostess was rather inebriated and wound up with my boss box of biscuit mix. She sat cross-legged on her floor, cradling her wine and getting the sniffles while saying that mix was the best gift she had ever gotten in her life. Thanks for the laughs, fellas. Love you, Jennifer. I mean, you know, them Cheddar Bay Biscuits unassailable. But they are far- absolutely unassailable. <laughs> uh, thank you, Jennifer. The fucking, uh, the airmail is on fire this week. Uh, this is from Josh. This is very important. The subject line is Poupe accents and the like. Poupe spelled P-O-O-P-E-H. Poupe. Yeah, like Jamie. Like Jamie. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yo, boys, was listening to y'all fawning over Jamie Tart and his accent, which I also absolutely love. And think whoever that British dude uh, was who said it wasn't legit is full of shit. If you've never heard, there's a guy called Youngblood who's a musician over there, famously from Doncaster or Doncaster. Either way, I don't know. This is not them questioning it. That's me. Um, Who sounds very much like Jamie Tart. A video interview is below for proof. Interestingly, there seems to be levels to the Doncaster accent based on what I can only assume is privilege. Jeremy Clarkson is from Doncaster as well, but went to a posh school growing up where Youngblood was a dirt poor bloke by all accounts. They sound super different. Jamie Tart was also super poor growing up, and I think that although it may be a bit exaggerated, it's very close to other poor Doncaster fellers. Just my thoughts while listening to y'all. Keep hitting Mr. H. So, yeah, there okay. you go. Um, yeah, I don't know. You know, I, well, first of all, I don't know where Doncaster is, if that's outside of Manchester. We know from this week's episode that Jamie is supposed to be from Manchester specifically, right. which they call Mancunian, a Mancunian accent. Again, I, don't, I have no idea where Doncaster is. But if that dude is from Doncaster, if that's not Manchester, then the dude who, you, you know what I'm saying? There's still yeah. some, uh, there's still some gray area there, but there if Doncaster's is. like a neighborhood of Manchester, then okay. Also, I, I was never saying, I'm just saying I saw, I saw some people say well, they were that saying much. that we were right. I love that Jamie, uh, you know, talks. I love the way Pupe. he talks. Yeah. Pupe, Keely, hey. uh, all right. Let's do one more. Uh, this is def. This was, I had to check to see if this was certainly sent to putting on airs and not well read, but then I read the bottom of it and I know it was, but it's a great crossover. <laughs> As I listened to y'all riff on Joe Diffie today, I was reminded of the greatest tweet of all time, or at least the greatest tweet about Joe Diffie behold in all its glory. And I'll read it to you, Trey. I don't know if you remember this. 
So Trace Atkins, when Joe Diffie died, shared a picture of Joe Diffie and said, oh, my God, one of the all-time great vocalists, Joe Diffie, was my friend. Rest in peace, buddy. And the top comment below was an older woman named Heather that said, R.I.P. Joe, and then continues, back in 87, he and I had a one-night stand. The cowboy was very well hung. Unfortunately, he never called me back. Heaven gained another 10 inches. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, perfectly fits the legend of Joe Diffie. because It sure said, does. I came uh, up because I would say my white elephant gift used to be pictures of Joe Diffie with lewd inscriptions on them or whatever. Which uh, does hit. So it that makes it hit harder knowing he had a, a big old, uh, big old big winger. Old deck. Yeah. Uh, he continues, also, I'd never heard of a Yankee swap before today's episode. We called it Chinese Christmas in my redneck Texas family, but it helped when solving today's New York Times crossword, four down, Christmas party game. Interesting timing. I saw y'all at the DC Improv a few years back and exchanged a sup with Corey in the bathroom. Thanks for all that you skew. <laughs> Lucas. Thank you, Lucas. Airmail was absolutely on fire this week. I did notice a complete lack of limericks, and I don't know if that's because everybody got bored or if y'all's creative juices stopped flowing, but just remember, we are always accepting limericks and uh, are willing to read them. Y'all do a bang-up job with that. We really appreciate y'all listening to the show. Follow us on all the socials and whatnot. You can get bonus stuff from me at parttimefunnyman.com. Get bonus stuff from Trey at patreon.com slash Trey Crowder. And also, Trey, tell them about where you're about to be soon. Uh, I don't really know, but you can go to TreyCrowder.com. <laughs> and uh, I'm going, you know, places to hit. Milwaukee, I think, is coming yeah. up soon. Milwaukee, uh, but, yeah, go to uh, TreyCrowder.com and check it out and come and see me. I'd appreciate it. And uh, also, stay fancy, motherfuckers. Yep. Skew. Skew. Here's Lydia Loveless. One, two, mm-hmm. three, four. One, two, three, four. Royalty and rednecks are alike. They both like cutting and picking fights. Biscuits and baked beans where they don't belong. Sit on down with Corey and Trey and learn some fancy shit. Today we'll laugh a little even when they're wrong. They'll take you to a magical place where if you call someone a cut, nobody cares. They keep it debonair at putting on airs, putting on airs, putting on airs.